0: I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA Stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the W. If you like our show, please consider joining our Patreon community, patreon.com backslash Winsider. less than a cup of coffee a month, you can directly show support for all the hard work we do covering the W. And don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at Winsider.com. That's Winsider.com. If you're looking to get tickets for this current WNBA season, look no further. Thanks to our sponsor, TickPick. You don't have to worry. The original no-fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the WNBA champion, Chicago Sky. Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Winsider. That's TickPick.com backslash Winsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. We're back. WNBA stocks. We check the pulse on the market. Who's up? Who's down? And then we got to do StockWatch. Owen, how
1: you doing? I am doing amazing. I uh, I want to paint the full picture here for the listeners because this is uh, not not a video podcast, at least not yet. And uh, I'm wearing a Kennedy Carter Atlanta Dream jersey, so I just want to I just want to make that very clear. Be transparent here, so that I'm I'm wearing a, a remnant of uh, of the past here.
0: Did you get it for sale?
1: I did not. I got it in real time. You know, when Hollywood was drafted, it's one of the like light blue throwbacks. It's a gorgeous jersey. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pleased with it. I paid full price and uh, I continue to rock it here. I'm Even- not going to lie. I've been very
0: tempted to get a, uh, like a 30% off Diamond to Shields Chicago Sky Ooh. Jersey because, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: She won just- a ring. She won a ring. So, like, she well,
0: won a ring so it validates it, right? Exactly. It's that it's that give take of of when you when you want to rock someone's jersey. But it's like are so actually I'll be transparent. I'm, I'm working on a little book called A is for Augustus. Nobody steal my plans here, Um, but it's obviously a WNBA themed alphabet book for my son. And as I'm going through doing all of it, you know, I'm 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 for the background for, you know, it's B is for Bird for Sue Bird. And then I got to pick a yellow. But then you have players like Kayla McBride. Do I go with her aces colors? Do I go with her Lynx colors? Then you got Deladon. Like, which team colors do you go with? It's always interesting when you're doing these things. You know, where it, are you allowed to uh, to call Diamond a Chicago Sky fan or a player? and rock the jersey i think so because she won the ring right
1: a hundred percent i love that that might be the the cutest best idea i've ever heard and exactly it's like uh it's it's like when someone gets inducted to the hall of fame and then they played for three teams and you gotta you gotta choose
0: yeah i don't know who they let choose that all right let's get to the stocks (laughs) up and down i'm going first this week because i feel vindicated mostly because owen had this team as his down team last week um so let me just hop on to it. I got the Connecticut Sun as my up team. I was close to picking them last week, but I'm I'm all in. They won seven of the last nine. They bounced back from uh Brandy Poole and Kurt Miller having COVID and missing games. And they're like third or fourth string basically, you know, their their backup back the backup to the backup uh was the head coach for a stretch of games. And I think it was pretty evident that there was moments where they missed Kurt. They miss Brandy. I mean, Brandy, the reason I'm mentioning Brandy, normally I wouldn't necessarily even mention an assistant coach in this regard, but there's been instances during Kurt's tenure as Connecticut Sun head coach where Brandy's taken over. Brandy's also been coaching with Kurt for, I believe, like 25 years. So they know each other so well to the point there isn't that big of a drop-off as, in my opinion, what we saw uh, when the, when they did not have those two on the sidelines. They, beat, they go on a, a, a road stay beat the aces the mercury and the storm all in the road yes they lost uh to dallas at one point and yet and then they bounce back win the next game then they lose to the aces bounce back win the next game my only concern honestly with this team is jonquil jones is not shooting enough uh but last game against seattle when they were down big and she makes a huge comeback she had eight shot attempts in the second quarter alone maybe it was seven don't have it right in front of me um but the big thing for me was in recent games, in the fourth quarter, we've been looking at John Quill Jones' stats as we've been doing our live streams, our watch parties, and consistently she's shot around seven or eight shots, honestly, often six shots going into the fourth quarter, which is just, I mean, I know, Owen, you can talk to this probably much better than I can, but when you're looking at her advanced stats, she's playing some of the best basketball of her career, and she just won MVP. But the um, her usage, like in the sense of how many shots she's taking, how many times are letting her be the active leader on offense just isn't comparable to what we've been used to seeing. I know it's more comparable to when Alyssa Thomas was back with the team pre uh, MVP season for JJ. But I just think the Connecticut Suns defense is not the stalwart defense that we kind of expected, but they're finding ways to win games early in the season. Um, And you got to give them credit, especially with with the injuries uh, that they've been facing
1: you completely nailed it in every regard i think um and you know last week i kind of had the sun as my downstock with the the glaring caveat that that it wasn't because of their play it was simply that they lost their starting point guard and that's going to that's going to hurt you but at least so far it really hasn't hurt them um, i do have some stats for for what you were talking about specifically with john quell this is rather timely because she was just named eastern conference player of the week and and really seems to be to be gearing up they're hitting their stride but you're completely right i mean she's shooting less than 10 shots per game 9.8 so right on the precipice but that's the mvp i mean that that's a that's a ridiculously low number um, and yet, Connecticut has the number one offense in the league, a hair ahead of Vegas, who's all anyone wants to talk about. Connecticut actually the best offensive rating, despite the fact that, as you said, Jones' usage is is down back in line with her, her numbers from 2019. Her usage percentage in 2019, 22.6%. This year, it's 23.2%. Uh, last year in her her MVP season with no Alyssa Thomas it was north of 27 percent. so that's like that's a pretty sizable uh, gap between the MVP year last season and kind of this year and 2019 but here's the thing about it is that in 2019 they were a game away from winning it all and lost to the greatest offense in the history of the leagues from a statistical standpoint the the Mystics so I think that Right now, we're seeing that at least in the regular season, these players can coexist and and really thrive. Uh, but it, it's it's just weird because the eye test it still doesn't fully align. There's still this kind of feeling and and it's been lessened, especially in that Seattle game for sure. But there's this feeling that John Quell occasionally will spend, you know, patches of the game roaming around on the perimeter, maybe not utilized to her fullest potential. And I think my my worry would really be, is that going to be exacerbated in the playoffs? Will that become more prominent of an issue in the playoffs uh, when you really need the offense to to continue playing at this pace? But now you're going up against defenses who are specifically game planning to stop your, your bunch. Uh, so it's going to be something to monitor, but I mean, right now, I think things are things are awesome for Connecticut. They're fifth in defense, which I you know, honestly I would have expected them to be a little bit higher just because how are you supposed to score on Alyssa Thomas and John Quell Jones? Um, but I, I think that right now, I mean, it's like, yeah, they're rolling. Best net rating in the league, best offense in the league. Uh this team really is just playing some great basketball.
0: No, it's the one funny thing that I want to say before we, we hop over to Europe team is in my mind, like, it's such like a I don't even know the right word, but the idea of John of uh, Alyssa Thomas, who can't like raise her arms high enough to shoot a free throw or shoot a jump shot, um, playing good defense is just like I know she's a great defender. Yeah, like in my mind, her inability to hold her hand up to block a shot would be like a huge deterrence to her being a great defender. Yeah,
1: well, it's interesting you say that because I think that that we always focus on do Alyssa Thomas and John Cole Jones fit on the offensive end and i think what we never talk about enough is how well they fit on the defensive end they really do things that complement each other tremendously well on defense and we don't think about you know how players fit on defense nearly as much as we do on offense cuz it's easier to see on offense it's more fun to talk about but if you but you know to what you're saying about AT she's someone who just causes havoc. She wrecks havoc all across the floor. She's an incredible pick and roll defender. She's an incredible help defender, incredible in transition. She's really just scurrying all around the court. Whereas John Quell is someone who is an elite rim protector and someone you want in the paint because of her rebounding prowess. So if if you have John Quell just anchoring the paint and denying everyone who enters... And then you've got At is kind of free to to go where she wants and and just try to get steals and and then create points in transition. It's a perfect defensive pairing, and I think we don't we don't highlight that quite enough. I agree. Give me your up team. Up team defending champion Chicago Sky. Uh, you you talked about them recently. The the stock only continues to go up. Um, I mean, this is just a team that, that now they have their team back, uh, and really the final piece, um, is Julie Alman, who, who is reportedly going to be back this week joining the team. I think the thing I wanted to really talk about most right now, as far as, as the sky are concerned is James Wade's excellence as a general manager. I, I'm not sure everyone agrees about this and and that's fine. Um but to me what he has done and especially this off season what he did is is just remarkable. Look at Rebecca Gardner who's someone who's just come in as a as a rookie, you know, the the oldest rookie in the league and is playing a key role in these games really really well. Look at Emma Mieseman, who's someone that no one expected Chicago to be able to have the cap space to add who's, you know, on some nights been their best offensive player, just her passing in the high post, completely transforming this offense. Um, and and they're just clicking. And then you're going to add, you know, a player who we only saw in Indiana as a rookie, but who shot, you know, four, north of 45% from three-point land. And they're, they're adding another sniper and another person who averaged over five assists. And who's really capable of passing. So I just think that what Wade did in this offseason was tremendous. And, and uh, you know, the, the biggest strength of this team was their biggest weakness, maybe three, even two years ago, when before they won the title, we were wondering could this team win a title? And that's defense. They used to be a, a dynamic offensive team who was very middling uh, defensively. And obviously, Candace Parker completely changed the team in that regard, because Candace Parker is one of the greatest defenders this league has ever seen. Right now, Chicago is second in defense, and and they're just locking teams up. Um, and so it's it's been really fun to watch. And their depth, which has been an issue in the past, is just proving not to be an issue right now, which is really really important for a team where many of the key contributors are in their 30s are on the back end of their careers and for a team that 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 knows that the regular season you know it matters but it doesn't matter even remotely as much as the playoffs do you just need to make the playoffs you just need to give yourself a chance um you know, they can really afford to pace themselves here because they have Rebecca Gardner, because they have Dana Evans, which again, another example of James Wade actually making a mistake, drafting, you know, passing on Dana Evans. And then instead of doubling down, kind of saying, you know what, I I realized that I messed up here. Let me go and fix that. He gets Dana Evans. And now she's, she's playing really well. Azaree Stevens, Wade traded for Azaree Stevens, she's coming off the bench and and is just a remarkable presence on both ends another defender who's just makes it really difficult for people to score and um and so i mean this team is is just looking really solid better than they were in the regular season last year and now they kind of have the ring to to give them confidence they know what needs to be done um i i think the sky have to be feeling really really good about where they're at
0: yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Um, the only, I mean, I'm excited for Julie. Uh, the one thing that I'll I'll kind of push back on is how, you know, as the sky are trending up, it's not so easy as we saw with Alyssa Thomas, right, last season. It's not so easy to just add a player um, into the mix of things and have it just, you know, continue riding smoothly. Typically, there are some bumps at that point. So am I excited for, you know, late in the season? Yes. When Julie comes, though, I think... You have to be realistic that there are going to be some bumps in the road. Um, And then when she comes back, I know just based on a quick, uh, I really should understand this better, but the CBA can get real, real confusing. But temporary suspension for Julie uh, means that when she comes back, she's already counted towards the roster uh, salary cap wise, but not roster spot wise. So she'll join in. What's that going to do to Gardner's time? You know what I mean? Um, Dana Evans, like there's, there's definitely questions because of the strengths that we've seen on this team and what's going to happen to those players when someone else comes into the fold and needs a couple more minutes. Um, and and can she deliver? Uh, as you pointed out, statistically, what we've seen from her in the W so far indicates yes. But uh, I'm excited to see what ends up happening, right? Uh, for those who don't know, Insider has been hosting some WNBA watch parties. We're using a cool new platform called Playback. We're able to watch it all together so there are no spoilers. We've been doing some fun giveaways of vintage WNBA jerseys, posters, and soon we'll be doing WNBA top shots also. It's free to sign up, and honestly, it takes like two minutes to sign up. It's super easy. It's really fun. Um, and there's a it, there's a chat bar on the side so you can chat with everyone watching. So little videos. We, we welcome people on stage. We're going to have uh, some cool guests of people who are, you know, Players, coaches, agents, former players, former coaches, things like that. Um, and obviously, we'll always be bringing on different Winsider staff to talk about uh, what they're seeing in the different games. Owen, it's time now for the downside. Uh, you want to go first or should I go first?
1: I'll go first. It's that time. It's, it's the <laughs> baddest time of the week. We got to talk about the down stocks. All right. Look, I want my team this week is Indiana. And Indiana was recently, I think last week, they were my upstock. And so this is, I think, one of the fun parts of this exercise is that when you actually look at it, like what's really changed seven days ago where Indiana was versus where they are now, very little. So this is more about like an exercise in perspective um, where last year, I mean, last week I, I really wanted to highlight How good the vibes are on this team and how it finally, after years, after, you know, they're still in the longest playoff drought uh, uh, in the league, how it finally feels like things have turned around, how it finally feels like this is an honest attempt at a rebuild. They really seem very genuine about putting young players in positions to succeed and most importantly, to develop their games. Um, and so that was why I had them as an upstock. It's like, well, they're not going to be winning games this season. They, they, they had a few good results early in the year, but ultimately this is about the future. And for the first time in a long time, really since the Tamika era, um, you know, not her GM era, but her playing days, uh, it, it feels like the fan base is really excited about where this team is headed. And so nothing I'm about to say negates that. I, I stand by all of that. However, there are, I think, also things to say um, that, you know, are critical about what this team is doing right now, given that they are in a rebuilding phase. And I think, namely, the number one thing kind of on my list of gripes, if you will, is Destiny Henderson's playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it hasn't been horrible, but it's been very inconsistent game to game, and I simply wonder when you have Queen Egbo in the starting lineup, when you have Nalissa Smith in the starting lineup, and you have Emily Engsler, frankly, you know, getting a lot of minutes, why is Destiny Henderson the odd player out? And what is the purpose of starting Danielle Robinson? Now, I get it. D-Rob is like so beloved, just the most awesome person, such a great presence in the locker room, such a great leader. I can totally understand the argument that she helps the young players develop and that that presence on the court is very valuable. And it is. But you can do that from the bench. You can do that coming into the game off the bench. And when you have Henny one game playing 24 minutes and then the next game playing nine minutes, And then the next game playing 12 minutes, you have to wonder whether her, her growth is getting a little bit stunted. And, and I think the most frustrating thing for me is that, is that Henderson's looked really good in a lot of regards. I mean, there's certainly things to work on and there's certainly rough moments, but she's someone who helps your spacing. She hits shots. She tries tremendously hard on defense and does a really good job given the fact that, that she's always one of the smaller players on the floor. Uh, if you are going to dedicate starting spots to young players, why not give the starting spot to the young point guard rather than to the veteran point guard, who really, if we're being honest, has no place in the future of this franchise, even though it's really great to have her around right now. And so I think we're seeing, you know, some, some pretty rough basketball from Indiana recently. They really ran I mean, Atlanta has the best defense in the league right now and, and is just absolutely killing it. Biggest surprise of the season so far. But Indiana, you know, just looked kind of atrocious for long stretches against Atlanta um yesterday. And uh Indiana's got the worst true shooting percentage in the league, despite the fact that Victoria Vivian's has been really good for them this year. They just the the basketball's getting tougher and tougher to watch for them. Um and I think uh, I I was expecting with the head coaching change to see Destiny Henderson slide into that starting role. And I've been a little disappointed now that we've had a few games um, here with Carlos Knox, you know, at the controls, that that hasn't really been the case and that Henderson's minutes continue to be so inconsistent. The offense just looks kind of stale right now. They they They're really stagnant. Uh, they're missing a lot of looks inside that that should be made. And you just have to wonder why the entire purpose of these games isn't just to play the young guys as much as possible and give them as many reps as you can.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're tied for last place in the league. I agree with everything you're saying. How, how quickly the times change from when you change your head coach midseason, very often you pull off that first game victory. And since then, they've been on a three-game losing streak Two and eight in their last ten games. Um, you, you I think you you really touched on everything. Um, and, and but my thing is, it's not about who starts. And I know coaches always say this, and it's like the number one thing say, it's about not about who starts, it's about who finishes the game. I agree with that in this regard. Of like, I don't care if if Henny is starting or not. If you want to start D Rob to kind of set the presence and then you know, have her have the ability to kind of talk Henny through it fine. But I feel like it should be a 50, 50 split of minutes minimum. And that's, that's me holding back a lot. If if you've listened to this uh, podcast for a long time now, you probably know my feelings on D Rob, great person, great human. Um, lucky to be in this league right now with, with, with the positioning and, and the style of play that's going on Um and honestly, and we've talked about it. It's like her contract is great for her. Get that back. But yeah, Hennessy's the future. Um, and yeah, like I, 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 here's my thing is like what you touched on about you're playing all the other rookies and I just, you know what this team's going to look like next year. You know, is this a situation of Carlos Knox, you know? Hoping that having a veteran out there is, is more of an extension of himself, possibly. But then I put that on him for not, you know, bonding with Henny and saying, Hey, like you're the new leader. This is the new position that you need to take over now that I'm in charge. And kind of growing together. Right? Like this is first time being a head coach in the W. Now they're growing together in this role. And I kinda like the idea and the storyline uh of a, a coach coming in mid season. And just like putting it all in, putting, you know, putting his rep on the rookie point guard, who's just been honestly insanely impressive all season long. So sorry, I can't disagree with you on that. Um, Washington Mystics are my down team. This team is is built to kind of resemble the 2019 championship team. Um, they have more talent or they have enough talent to win a lot more games than they have been winning. Their offense looks stagnant, just people standing around kind of waiting for someone to play some hero ball. They've had a few nice halves and a few wins against talented teams, and then everyone wants to start talking about how they're contenders or, you know, they're ranked here or whatever. Um, for me, the challenging part, and I've talked to to Matt Cohen, our windsider beat reporter for the Washington Mystics, and we joke about this, but like you can't, it's so hard to cover this team right now because... They're the Elena Deladon team or the Elena Deladon list team, and when delhi has been there, this team honestly hasn't been that much better. Like, yes, their offensive production goes up, but obviously it's going to go up when you have someone of a of Deladon's you know level and stand and standard and 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 just MVP prowess. Obviously, the offense is going to look better. Um, you know, I haven't seen Deladon be that effective defensive player like we saw in their championship run. Um, And obviously, look, going into the season, you knew Deladon was going to be missing some games. Clark was going to be missing some games. You knew a lot more was going to be on the shoulders of Cloud and Atkins. They need to be leaders, and Shatori and Rui and Hawkins need to start producing offensively. The problem right now is people are being too passive, and there hasn't been like that switch in players' minds that's, okay, Deladon's not here. Everybody needs to chip in to produce to fill the shoes. Because when you're missing your MVP and you know you're going to be, that has to be an easy light switch. It needs to be a dimmer, basically. Where you're dimming it down when Dele's out there and you're dimming it back up when delhi's not there. Um, something that you brought up when we were talking about Connecticut was that when they pushed uh, the Mystics to Game 5 of the Finals and just kind of, you, you know, you were talking about it from the Connecticut perspective, but like from the DC perspective, something that I don't think that's talked about enough is Let's be realistic. That was the greatest offense in league history and realistically the Connecticut Sun didn't stand a chance to go to 5 games if Delladon wasn't banged up and didn't miss a lot of uh, a lot of play in that series. Um I think DC could have arguably swept that series but definitely it doesn't go to 5 um if Delladon's not injured. So for me I think this is a team that was trying to as much as they say kind of you know change re re what do they saw like jumpstart to like restart the the style of play or, or just the, the style of the organization but i think that they they basically are just trying to soup up the 2019 style and we're seeing the biggest question mark of that was what happens if Daladon's not there and now we're seeing that on a semi-consistent basis
1: yeah. Okay. This is interesting. Firstly, you're you're throwing me for a loop, which I love because I, I thought. Sorry,
0: I went on. I went on like a ridiculous rant there. I thought. No,
1: that was beautiful. I've got I've got a lot to say because um, I I actually thought you were going with a different team this week. So. Oh, did I mess you up? You okay. didn't mess me up at all. This is <laughs> like a, this is a great this is a great challenge here. Um, no, so I have a lot of thoughts on Washington. Actually, I'm. Um, I think I'm a little more positive on the mystics right now i i hear everything you're saying and i think i think it's all accurate um i just wouldn't i I, i'm not really convinced that the, the the team that was just rolling everyone to start the season was all all that real i think they've kind of settled into the team that they're going to be during this regular season they're fourth in net rating behind connecticut chicago and vegas so uh, that to me is appropriate. That's kind of right where they should be. Um, <clears throat> I think the Deladon thing is interesting, right? Because they're going to make the playoffs. The, the Mystics will be in the playoffs this year. And again, as we saw with Chicago last year, okay, you just need to get there. You need to get there and be healthy. And if your former you know, two-time MVP has to sit out all the road games, has to sit out maybe even the majority of the regular season games – well, guess what? Their depth is so good that they're going to still be able to maintain a winning record even with Deladon only available for the por- a portion of the games. I think that you know what I'm really excited about with this team uh is how well a few of the role players are playing. I think that the two I want to talk about, Ariel Atkins and Shakira Austin have have been killing it in my yeah, eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh the team is just consistently across the board way better when those two are on the floor, especially Shakira Austin's on-off numbers are kind of ludicrous for a rookie. She's just made such a massive impact and immediately, you know, is, and this isn't really a shot at the other player, but, you know, Shakira Austin is just clearly better than Elizabeth Williams immediately after entering the league. And so I think that, that that's a huge boon for, for Washington because that that is a, a, a that was a question mark coming into the season is who's gonna play the five and can this team go small and then will they get exposed on the boards etc cetera, etc cetera. Shakira Austin has really made a lot of those of, of those concerns kind of evaporate I think that the players that that would worry me in terms of um, you know, maybe haven't been producing consistently and they will need to step it up or kind of find their peak game to, to make this team, you know, a real legitimate contender are Maisha Hines-Allen and Alicia Clark. And I think, you know, both have battled injuries. Obviously, Alicia's coming off one of the worst injuries you can sustain as a basketball player. Uh, They just haven't been that good with those two on the floor. They've been better when, when those two have been on the bench. And this team is not going to be able to do what it wants to do and realize its fullest potential if two of your real, you know, key core two-way players uh, just aren't aren't themselves. So I, I, I'm i not that worried. I mean, Deladon's looked really good to me. They're, they're way better, obviously, when she's on the floor. They've been kind of average when she sits. Um, I just think that the way Shakira's playing, the way Ariel's playing – and the fact that they got so much depth. I mean, you look at someone like Kennedy Burke, who's always been a favorite of mine. Who you know, I was really hyped when Seattle traded for her, and I've always wanted her to kind of find a, a spot in the league and find a home. You know, she's someone who's coming off the the bench for this team and and uh, and, and making an impact. A, a, a an awesome perimeter defender, and you know, a lot of holes in her offensive game. But it's it's a, that's a really valuable regular season player when Deladon you know, isn't playing a, 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 a large portion of the games and when, you know, you have some players like Clark and, and Heinz Allen who are still trying to find it. So overall, I'm not that concerned. I think I'm a little higher on Washington right now than you are, but undoubtedly they've kind of come back down to earth. They haven't looked great. The loss to, to Chicago yesterday was, you know, fairly definitive, not really that close um, but I, I'd, I'd wait and see. I, I, I trust, I trust the process. So to speak, trust the
0: process, the five and five in the last 10, two game losing streak right now, seven and five overall. Um, no, but I hear you, you, you make good points. Um, Stockwatch. All right. Quick blurb about you're going to pick a team, but I'm going to go first. Cause this is the team that you probably thought I was going down with. I kind of did a switch up Seattle storm or my stockwatch. Um, we saw Stewie miss two games or was it more, um, for being locked up in Phoenix, basically. Uh, missing those games, Phoenix gets it gets an easy advantage there. Uh, then we see um, Ezi and Sue go down with COVID, miss a few games, and this team just looked lost. I, I'm not going to lie. like I'm here. We need to start questioning Quinn's, some of Noel Quinn's decisions. We can get into that later on. The point is, is more so, I'm going to be with a fine tooth and comb. I don't know if that's fine tooth comb or whatever the phrase is. I'm going to be watching the Seattle Storm team. They have the talent. We know that they went all in. We keep kind of expecting them to have that just dynamic, scary, fast-paced offense that we've seen them have over recent years. It just hasn't looked that good. We've seen flashes, but not consistency. Great teams find ways to win. They blew a huge lead against Connecticut the other night. um, And before that, they scored like less than 50 points in a game basically um just in a, an abysmal loss what are your thoughts uh who's your stock watch uh for this week
1: just a a quick little thing on Seattle cuz that was who I thought you were going to go with the with the downturn Seattle's ninth in offense right now when was the last time the storm were ninth in offense and i think that the the biggest thing right right now to watch going forward to keep us on topic here uh with Seattle is that when their, their on-off splits are like unsustainable in terms of when Stewie plays, you know, they're rolling and, and it's just a disaster when she doesn't. And kind of the flip side of that is that the the team has been better when Sue Bird is not on the floor. Just, uh, you know, all stats courtesy, WNBA.com, advanced stats, all kinds of good stuff in there. But that's something to monitor going forward. You know, this isn't the prime Sue Bird. This isn't even post-prime Sue Bird. This is you know, the last season and this team might, off-
0: might not be last season though.
1: You know, you just never know. You just never know. But I'll tell you this, this offense is not, is not working as currently constructed. And if Seattle wants to make any noise in the playoffs, uh, they're going to have to switch some things up. And this gives me a chance to do really a, a great segue, just how I drew it up here into my <laughs> stockwatch team, the Atlanta dream who are traveling to Seattle to play tomorrow night in a game that I cannot wait to watch because we have the Seattle Storm ninth in offense against the best defense in the WNBA. I mean Tanisha, right? What 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 can you say? Like she just came in big
0: fan. Big I, fan of what she's doing. Huge
1: fan. I mean, it's awesome. This team was unwatchable last year, completely unwatchable. Not only are they watchable now, they're they've got a winning record. They have not only do they have the best defense in the league; it's like historically good right now. Their defense is like you know one of it, it. Honestly, I have to do the digging on this, but I think it might be on pace right now to be like the greatest defense in league history. Um, shout out to Spencer uh, Spencer Nussbaum who who you know tweeted out some stats uh, in that regard a, a few days ago. So I don't know where they stand currently, but whatever the point is, that this team is just completely different from the one we saw last season. Ryan Howard obviously has injected so much life into the franchise. I think everyone knew that she was offensively so gifted, but we're really seeing her play some awesome defense. Cheyenne Parker is back and has been really good. So Atlanta travels to Seattle on Tuesday and then Phoenix later in the week. That's the team I'm really excited to watch right now because if they can figure out a way to to score points consistently – all of a sudden, it's like, oh man, may, they're they're going to be in the playoffs, and and if you had other than B Terrell, legend, shout out to to B, but other than him, if anyone had Atlanta in the in the playoffs this year, I I just I feel like you're lying because I, I certainly did not see this coming.
0: I love B, but I'm just going to say he didn't call playoffs. He called they're winning it all. He called so. the winning it all, which I
1: which <laughs> I respect immensely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? I'm all for the hot takes. We'll be back next week with WNBA Stocks, where myself, Ari Schwartz, and Owen Pence discuss where the market is in the WNBA.